0: My career is not going to be about Super Bowl rings and you know even, unfortunately, lots of playoff appearances or anything like that. It's gonna be about the relationships that I've made and, and the different swaps I've made, the impact I've had on people's lives. And I think my career has been very, very unique and maybe, maybe we've gotta create a new category.
1: I'm Chris Long, and this is American Prodigies Becoming Great. On this podcast, we highlight the fascinating career journeys of current and former football players. Each episode, we take you on a trip through a player's life and along the way, explore what it means to be great. Because greatness comes in all shapes and sizes and every path is one of a kind. Today, we're breaking down the story of a player who's had a career like no one else. From the hallowed halls of the Ivy League to the National Football League, He's been down a winding path, getting knocked down, picking himself back up, and exceeding expectations along the way. What he's accomplished is nothing short of record breaking. All in all, this guy has carved out a unique place for himself in the history of our league out of sheer grit and force of will. Plus, he can grow about the sickest beard you could ever imagine. Our subject is, of course, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan grew up in Gilbert, Arizona, just southeast of Phoenix. Star high school athlete in baseball, basketball, and football, a true competitor, he was obsessed with being the best at everything and never wanted to come out of the game, even when he was hurt, perhaps a result of having twin brothers a year and a half older than him who were also very athletic and competitive. At Highland High School, Ryan was already showing hints of Fitz magic. Coach Mike Reardon told the New York Post, We were playing one of the top-ranked teams in the state, and we were sprinting out to our right, and Ryan stopped about three yards short of the sideline and threw the ball across the field, 30 yards downfield to the opposite hash mark, and put it on the money. It's a rifle shot, and it's right there. You don't see that very often in high school 20 years ago. At 5'11", Ryan was a bit undersized as a senior. The bigger programs didn't want to take a chance on him. So always wanting to be the best at everything. If he couldn't go to the best football school, then he could at least go to the best school school. Ryan set his sights toward the most prestigious college in the country, Harvard.
0: We're at Cambridge, Massachusetts, where the Crimson sons of Johnny Harvard face a scrapping squad of Quakers from Pennsylvania in some fast and fancy fight team fight football.
1: Ryan played a support role for the Crimson his first two years, but once his junior year finally rolled around, he was named the starter. His senior season, he led Harvard to a 10-0 record and won the Ivy League Championship. That was good enough to earn him Ivy League Player of the Year. He got it done not just with his arm, but also his legs, becoming Harvard's first QB to rush for over 1,000 career yards. Coming out of school, he used that Harvard brain of his to score nearly perfect on the Wonderlic, after spending just nine minutes on the test. When it came time for the draft, Ryan was selected by the Rams in the seventh round with the 250th pick. Ryan may have graduated and left Harvard, but the Harvard reputation wasn't
0: going anywhere soon. Nobody even knew my name. I was just the Harvard guy. And- uh, How
1: long did they call you Harvard in that first training camp? I bet you they just called you Harvard.
0: I don't know if anybody in St. Louis even remembers my name, to be honest. It was just Harvard, Harvard, the Harvard kid. Yeah, that was it. And then it was it was Mike Martz kicking me out of the huddle. You went to Harvard? <laughs> Are you shitting me? <laughs> you know, he would he would like mumble the play, and I would try to remember it. And I'd be in there, and Tori and Isaac would be laughing at me, and he'd throw me out. And then he'd put Jeff Smoker in, and Jeff you know, a blast from the past name there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but that yeah, my first few years I was I was only known as that. And now I'm glad that I've I've gotten away from it a little bit.
1: When Ryan came onto the team in two thousand five, the Rams weren't too far removed from their greatest show on turf days. I'm thinking about the first huddle you likely ever stepped into was Isaac Bruce, oh, yeah. Tori Holt, Marshall Falk, Orlando Pace, I would imagine. I mean, was that uh breathtaking, I would imagine.
0: I mean, and Steven Jackson, you yeah. know, when Marshall got tired. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was in there, we've already mentioned the no facial hair, the no chest hair, um, voice cracking still, you know, these guys are looking at me to tell them what to do, <laughs> just, you know, pinching myself, like what the hell am I doing in this huddle? Uh, but then you just, you do it, it becomes football. But I remember my first, my first ever pass, um, uh, it might have been a preseason game, but it was in warmups and I just threw to the running backs. And so I was, it, it may have been a regular season game because Marshall was the guy I threw it to, but I sailed a swing route like 20 yards over his head. I was so nervous throwing to him and he just looked at me like, what are you doing? Calm down, you know? And uh, luckily I was able to calm down a little bit, but it is, it is hard sometimes being a young guy and throwing to those hall of fame type guys.
1: As a rookie taken in the seventh round, Ryan had some hurdles to overcome.
0: I mean, I was the fourth string guy pretty much all of training camp. And I got put into a game, a preseason game, and I threw, like, closed my eyes and just threw a bomb to Kevin Curtis. I think that game I was one for one for 75 yards and a touchdown or something. And that kind of changed the trajectory of my career because I don't know that it would have made that team. And then the next year, Scott Linehan comes in and brings in his guy, Dave Ragone from Louisville. And so that was really dicey. Uh, Dave and I are best buddies now, but at the time really didn't like each other. And if Dave could have thrown a spiral that uh, training camp, I might not be in the league still.
1: (laughs) After earning a spot as the third string QB, Ryan eventually saw some action after the first two guys went down
0: first game I ever played in, uh, Mark Bolger had been hurt the week before. Jamie Martin was the starter. I came in down 21. We came back and won the game against the Texans. Threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns and thought, man, this is a little bit easier than I thought it was gonna be. Enter
1: Ryan Fitzpatrick, seventh round draft pick from Harvard. And he's the first quarterback from Harvard ever to play in the NFL. Fitzpatrick comes in, sacked for almost the safety, but on third and nine, look it up, he's throwing Smooth. like he's been in the league. Smooth. That's the pass to hold by 11, and that's the swing over to Kevin Curtis, who's been involved in so many big plays, and he could go all the way. Oh my goodness gracious. The Rams trailing 24-3 to 3 at the half ra- rally with a guy that's never taken a snap in the NFL before, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He throws for 300. It's a great story. You know, it's a
0: great story.
1: That effort earned Ryan an NFC Player of the Week nod. The next week, Ryan became the first Harvard quarterback to start an NFL game.
0: And, uh, you know, quickly humbled after that third interception thrown by Fitzpatrick today. It's the second for Brian Williams. Fitzpatrick fires to the end zone. It is picked off by Fred Smoot. The fourth Vikings interception in today's game. And now Fitzpatrick to the end zone, deflected and Sharper has his interception. The fifth Vikings interception of this game.
1: Brian went through some rookie struggles. He lost the starting gig with two games left to play in the season. That disappointment might have discouraged some people, but Ryan saw it
0: differently. Uh, When I got my first taste of success and then, you know, multiple failures right after that, uh, it just became a huge challenge for me and something that I loved.
1: In 2006, his second season, Ryan only appeared in one game. And when it came time for his third season to start, he was hit with a bombshell.
0: I got traded basically on cut day in my third season going into my third season after training camp to the Bengals from the rams uh my firstborn was six months like on the day on his six month birthday and that was the day i got traded when i was told that i got traded i walked out um earth city parking lot mm-hmm. i think i don't know when you were there if they still had the um based on seniority oh, yeah. you know one two three yeah so I had the uh, green, lime green Volkswagen Beetle with a flower in the front. Um, Yeah, well, every now and again, my wife needed the Pathfinder, and so I had to take the Volkswagen Beetle in. And I was in, you know, at that point, it was going into my third year, so I'd probably moved up from spot number 92 to spot 37 or something. No beard. I call my wife, no beard, can't grow any facial hair at this point. Um, probably no chest hair either, which no we can talk me. about that later, oh. but yeah. Um, and I call my wife and I say, you're not going to believe this. I just got traded. And right as that is happening, uh, Jay Zygmunt, yeah. I believe his name was, um, Jay walks out and taps me on the shoulders. I'm saying this to my wife. So I, you know, get scared and hang up the phone. Well, I didn't tell her where we got traded to. So there was like a, four minute period there where she was like, Oh my God. And this is kind of before, you know, everything Adam Schefter has the scoop before it even happens kind of deal. So she sat in suspense for four minutes and I told her, Hey, we got traded to Cincinnati and, uh, we moved out. We had to move out, uh, you know, during the season, basically week one, which, which wasn't the easiest thing with a newborn, but little did we know that would not be the most difficult move we would have to make. (laughs) All right, I wanna break down the rest of Ryan's career for you.
1: It's been a long and winding one, so I'll be as succinct as I can, but I just wanna illustrate the scope of everything and how impressive it is. Here we go. After two years in Cincy, Ryan signed on with the Bills in 09 to back up Trent Edwards. When Trent went down with an injury, Ryan thrived in the starting role, earning five of the Bills' six wins that season. In 2010, Ryan started 14 games, putting up 3,000 yards, 23 TDs, and 15 interceptions. For
0: Parrish,
1: the next two seasons, Ryan was the guy in Buffalo. He started all 32 games for the Bills in 11 and 12, throwing 24 touchdowns each year and averaging 3,600 yards a season. But because of back-to-back 6 and 10 seasons, change was afoot for the Bills. Head coach Chan Gailey was gone, and Ryan was let go as well. 2013 and 2014 brought one-year stints with the Titans and Texans. Both years, Ryan came in as the backup and played significant time after the starter went down, averaging about 10 games played, 2,400 yards, and 16 TDs a year. It's Patrick some time. throws to Jackson on the backfield. Jackson touchdown. In 2015, Ryan was traded to the New York Jets. He linked up with Chan Gailey, who was the OC there. After Geno Smith had his jaw broken, Ryan got the starting nod and had his best year yet. Shotgun Fitzpatrick, underneath, catching curl, Powell. stays on his feet. He's gone. Touchdown, Jets. Ryan started all 16 games, leading the Jets to a 10 and 6 record and putting up 3,900 yards and 31 TDs. The Jets missed the playoffs by a sliver. 2016 was a flurry. Ryan started off as a starter, got benched for Geno. to come back in when geno got hurt then ryan got hurt then he started some more games then he got benched again for bryce petty then bryce got injured look i could go on it was chaos it was jets football in the end new york let his contract expire so then the bucks picked him up in 2017 ryan backed up Jameis winston playing in six games when Jameis suffered injuries in 2018, when Jameis was suspended, we got a whole lot of Fitz magic. He actually got a chance to start the season.
0: On second and goal, Fitzpatrick to the end zone, touchdown, his fourth of the game, it's Mike
1: Evans. Look how confident Ryan Fitzpatrick looks. You see his little high step running off the sideline. He is in some kind of zone these first two weeks of the season. Jameis got the starting job back, but Ryan played in a few more games that year when Jameis was benched later on in the season, ending up with 2,300 passing yards and 17 touchdowns. In 2019, Ryan joined up with the Dolphins. He entered the season as the starter, lost the gig to Josh Rosen, then won it back, ending the season with 3,500 yards and 20 touchdowns and 13 starts. In 2020, Ryan secured the starting job again and went three and three before being benched for Tua. He started and appeared in a few more games over the season when Tua was out and finished with a little over 2,000 yards and 13 TDs. Then last year in 2021, he went to Washington. He started off the season as a starter, but the poor guy suffered a hip injury in the second quarter of game one and was out for the year. As of June, 2022, Ryan retired from the league. So yeah, wow, that's a lot. But I wanna take you through the whole story to make a point about how unique of a career Ryan had. What a whirlwind. I mean, just reading through all that is kinda dizzying to me. To do what he's done is kinda unbelievable. All these new cities, new coaches, new teammates, new systems, and new uniforms. He's worn a few. What's the sexiest, Ryan Fitzpatrick has ever felt in a uniform? And then what's the least sexy?
0: Well, I could tell you the least sexy, uh, which Miami loved, uh, Buffalo had a little bit, when you go all white, when you go white <laughs> on white, I mean, I've, I'm struggling with a dad bod as it is, and I'm yeah. 38, my metabolism is slowing down. That's I mean, tough. every year they add five pounds to my my weight of what I'm allowed to weigh, you know? Um, the white on white is tough for me and Curtis Modkins, who was the offense coordinator in Buffalo used to come up to me before every game when we were white on white and say, God, you look terrible. And that was kind of his, his pregame speech for me. Um, still to this day, every time I go white on white, he texts me, but, uh, that was tough. I think one of the cooler games I played in, it was the Christmas game. It was the jets and all green on Thursday night versus Buffalo and all red. I just thought that was an interesting uh, contrast of colors, but I I find a way to not make jerseys look cool. So (laughs) I'm probably the wrong person to ask on that.
1: You know what, dude? I think this this goes to like, a lot of your insecurities are inside because I always thought you looked fire in the all white in Miami. I thought Mm. you looked like some of your best was, some of your best work was in Miami from a swag standpoint. As you might imagine, Ryan's taken some pretty big shots over the years.
0: The two worst hits I ever took, uh, London Fletcher. We were playing in, I was with Buffalo 2011 in Toronto and I changed the protection and I shouldn't have. And London Fletcher came unobstructed to me and broke six of my ribs. Mm. Uh, luckily, I threw the pass. It was completed. It went for like 50 yards to Fred Jackson, who's my favorite teammate of all time. And it was a two-minute warning. So I kind of like crawled up and couldn't breathe, but I didn't have to come out of the game because the two-minute warning. That one was ridiculous, and then James Harrison was the other one. So I think both those guys, hard-headed, low center of gravity, and I was going towards them while they were coming towards me.
1: Through his journey, Brian Fitzpatrick ping-ponged between being the backup, the starter, the bridge guy. When I spoke to him before the 2021 season, he
0: seemed at peace with his role every team i've ever been on especially in the last like 10 years they're always looking to replace me right so if i'm out there they're like constantly looking for my replacement and i'm just doing my best job to either hold down the fort or to hold off the replacement for as long as i can so that's just the world and the reality that i've lived in for the last 10 plus years
1: no one has had a career like his so i had to ask ryan about his legacy labels legacy like we try to label everybody, right? Um, yeah. You're not a journeyman to me, okay? You're, you've If I saw your passport, and yes, I know they don't stamp them inside the continental United States, but if I saw your passport, I'd say, journeyman, but I've watched you play. What's the label for Fitzy? Like, what's going to be on your NFL headstone? Like, what's your legacy as a quarterback? Who are your peers? Like, you mentioned it. You're so unique, you know, prolific. How do we categorize you do you even want to be categorized
0: I mean everybody has to have a label that's it right I mean it has to and journeymen like that's that's fine I, I think too many people are thrown into that category um you know there are guys that have been on four or five stops in the NFL but really only played on one or two teams like does that really make them a journeyman I don't know but uh I, ironically enough like Gus Ferrat, who took me under his wing my second year I mean Gus played, he played for, I think six franchises, but one of them twice. So he had seven different stints. Uh, he had three kids. He's a huge family guy. He pretty much played everywhere he went. Uh, he was a guy early on that took me under his wing. And there's a the guy that, that started, you know, for six different teams. Now, once you sit, start going into the seven and eight and nine, it gets, it gets pretty slim, but, uh, I think, I'm. I don't know. I think my career has been very, very unique. And and, uh, maybe, maybe we've got to create a new category. And now that you're part of the media, maybe you can do that. Well, let's put
1: it out there. And maybe if you want to talk offline and you got some, some monikers you want to try on, we can do that. I was thinking (laughs) like, and this might even be below you, celebrity journeymen, you know, like, also I don't even like bridge for you because bridge infers that that's the Like that's the solution to get from one end of, you know, a body of water to another. I I think bridge is below you.
0: Well, I I appreciate that. I constantly have to remind myself 17 years, I got that, but like how many teams it's been, and usually I have to go in order, but it's you know, I'm going on my ninth team and it's so unbelievable, not just to think about all the stops that I've had, but each stop was significant in that. You know, my family was there, we were there for at least a year. I started a bunch of games for for every franchise and just, you know, when you get into a building, the relationships that you make, not just with uh, the players, but you know, as we're shouting out, Jimmy Lake, again, the, the support staff, like there's so many relationships that you make and you get fully invested in these people. And then every year I'm doing it again at a different stop. So, there are guys that have had the career that I have in terms of moving around a bunch, but in terms of actually, you know, playing significant time starting games and playing a significant role in the franchise, I don't know that nine will be done again, just especially at the quarterback position. It's fairly rare.
1: Yeah, it is rare. And at times it frustrates me because I'm sure it frustrates you. It's like you could do the very best you can somewhere, and you're like, damn, is it happening again? Like they just have an idea. Like, you know, I, they have an idea whether they picture a young guy and he's not here yet or it's another guy in free agency. Like that has to frustrate you sometimes, right? Because you've had stretches of brilliance where you're like, damn, they give X player three years here to get it together under a system. I'm right here in a new stop and they got another idea and I'm getting chased out the door or they you know, like that has to piss you off sometimes if you're being honest.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I I was very candid after last year being benched, you know, winning two games going into the bye week um, that I just didn't think it was the right move and that it hurt. But I'll tell you two of the most rewarding years I've had were in Miami just to see and to be a huge part of uh, the turnaround there and uh, just to instill confidence in guys that didn't have it. Uh, I think the fans you know, really appreciated the effort that I've put forth. And so for me, my career is not going to be about Super Bowl rings and, you know, even unfortunately lots of playoff appearances or anything like that. It's gonna be about the relationships that I've made and, you know, the in the different stops I've made, the impact I've had on people's lives.
1: People talk a lot about carving your own path in the NFL, and obviously everyone's journey is gonna be a little bit different than the guy standing next to him on the sideline. But nobody, nobody exemplifies carving out your own path like Ryan Fitzpatrick. From playing in the Ivy League, to being drafted in the seventh round, making a squad as a third stringer, and actually seeing playing time as a rookie, being the first Harvard QB to ever start an NFL game, and of course, the winding journey playing for over a quarter of the teams in the NFL. Lasting 17 years, becoming a meme, Fitzmagic, the beard. I mean, we tried to come up with a new label for him, but you can't really do it. What's the point? There's not really gonna be somebody else who has a career quite like Fitzmagic. For Ryan, greatness meant having to adapt to new systems and new people and new environments all the time. Playing QB, you got a lot of pressure on you. You're under a microscope. Every decision you make is analyzed. And he weathered all of it setting franchise records and league records along the way and maybe for some people this isn't that impressive he never won a playoff game he's not going to be a hall of famer but i think when you take everything into account everything this guy's done the ever-changing circumstances around him his ability to be a teammate you can see that greatness should encompass a hell of a lot more than your personal win-loss column there's only a few dozen guys in the world who can start at quarterback for an nfl team And there's only one who managed to start on nine of them over the course of a 17 year career. Once again, I'm Chris Long and this is American Prodigies Becoming Great. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us out. Check back next week for a new episode. Thank you so much for listening. Be great out there.